Episode 70 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. How are you going with these needs? Tim, welcome along to episode 70 of Fitness Behaviour, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that go alongside it. Right, Tim, welcome along to 2016. It's the beginning of the new year and it's, uh, imagine if you're kicking into the new year right now, you're probably getting back into work about now. And like always, podcasting is a bit of a funny thing because I'm sure a few of you are listening to this further on down the piece. So uh, wherever you are and whatever time you're listening to this, welcome to today's episode. Um, uh, we're heading into 2016, I've got big kind of plans for the show, I'm kind of, if things can go well, I'd love to make it a weekly show, it's kind of a goal that I've got in the back of my mind for the second half of this year, and uh, we'll see how we go with that, but that is definitely something I'm heading towards doing, um, I'm not sure exactly how I'll go about doing that, it's more of a time thing, obviously these shows take time to put together, and uh, for that reason I thank you all the patrons who are the patron of the show, but um, it's just, you know, it's just, this takes time, and so I have to sacrifice time from elsewhere to be able to make it a weekly show, but I'm thinking it might be possible in the second half of the year, so just be aware that this year I may be making this more of a regular regular show and weekly show moving forward. Uh, this week's show, uh, I'll in theory, it should actually be the interview show today, but being the beginning of the year, I have got an interview pretty much lined up for two weeks from now, but I couldn't get that in before today, so I thought I'd just chuck in one of the Bevan episodes today. So I was going to share some thoughts um, on a book that I read over the last few weeks in my Christmas holidays around, um, you know, just some really interesting things and some thoughts that I can just throw at you as we move later on to today's show. One thing the Christmas holiday does reinforce for me, and I'm sure it does for for lots of people, I know in different cultures and different countries in the world you have different kind of um, expectations around this time of year and holidays and obviously different religions as well, but in New Zealand uh, it's, it's a very big holiday period because A, it's the holiday season with Christmas and New Year's and B, it's our summer, so most Kiwis take a big break over that period of time and for myself, Joe and I, we took uh, well, nearly a month off, you know, three or four weeks off. So we had a really big break over the holiday period, and it's really valuable stuff. And I just, you know, I just think that having a break from life is one of the most important things that we can do for our lives, in not just in the the typical holiday periods, but throughout the year as well. And if you can think of your own life, and you can think of those times when you have a break. When you come back from that break, what has been the value of that break in your life? Now sure there's the obvious answers that often it's a real recharge, often you get to have some really cool life experiences that are outside of your everyday norm. From that time that becomes that reflection period where you get to actually look at your life from outside of your life and really contemplate what you are aiming to to do with your life as you get back into it. Another area I think that's really valuable that comes from these break moments in our life is the chance to reconnect with the people in our lives. And I know that for Joe and I, our time away, we it always tends to bring, to be honest, we've got a great relationship, but even now, our time away, it does help us just to reconnect at a higher level again. It just, you know, it's, it's a really nice time for us. And, you know, with this in mind, when you think about yourself and your life, 
what are the value of those break times in your life? And are you getting enough of those break times throughout your year? Now, obviously, you're not going to get as much as, you know, a month off over your Christmas period. But, you know, I really am a big believer in those kind of every two months, you should try to get a weekend away with your loved ones in your life. And uh, there's just real value in that time away because it does help you reconnect, assess and, and kind of sharpen up again as you come back from those breaks. It kind of blows my mind, actually, when you look at the different cultures in the world, when you think about how we prioritize um you know, time, and it's interesting, in New Zealand, I'm, I'm self-employed, so it's, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I'm I'm pretty sure nowadays in New Zealand, everyone gets a month off work a year, it may be three weeks, I'm pretty sure it's a month, I think in the last few years it changed to a month, and I, I, I know that a lot of my American listeners, you guys only get two weeks off a year, and it kind of blows my mind away to think about that, um, that two weeks isn't a huge amount of time off, so, you know, if you are only getting two weeks off, you need to be really wise about how you're going to allocate that time and to kind of slot in maybe a few long weekends where, you know, you have a three-day weekend around some public holidays as well. But actually getting outside of your life, don't just stay home and, um, you know, do stuff around the house, which again, at times that is valuable, but getting away because there is something about stopping, looking outside and coming back into life. And with that in mind, I've just come back from my holidays and I've just sat down last night to do my goals again. And to be honest, I, I haven't really been a person who's sat down and written out goals for a few years. I've kind of had these targets in my mind around what I'm hoping to achieve. And, you know, that seems to work for me nowadays. But recently I just thought, no, it's time for me to sit down and, and do my goals again. And last night I sat down and I was actually watching a game of cricket, the, the Black Caps one, which is good. Um... And at the same time, I was just kind of working through my goals as we were watching this cricket. And it just reminded me of the real value of sitting down and doing some reflection around and some writing and thinking about goals. Because while over the last period of my life, I have achieved some, you know, some things that I can feel I've been successful with. Um, when I sat down last night and actually worked through some goals, I really saw some massive inefficiencies in the way I'm working in my life. And the process of sitting down, going through a series of questions, doing some brainstorming about what I want to achieve and what's the most efficient path to how I'm going to achieve it and how I'm going to use my energy moving forward and you know, and, and how I work and all those types of questions really started to create a really good template for me to think about how I want to use my energy in the next four or five months of my life. And so why am I telling you this right now? I just think that if, you know, this time of year, it is a reflection period of our lives, is it is a good time to sit down and to write out some goals and, and not just, you know, to be really wise in how you write out goals. I think when you first start doing a goal process, you learn pretty quickly how to become good at writing your goals out. And what I mean by that is, I know when I think back to earlier on in my life when I first started doing goals, that I often created these really unrealistic goals that, you know, I never had a chance of achieving. And it was basically because I was too ambitious and I wasn't that good at figuring out how the clockwork of my life works. And when you sit down to do your goals, the more you do your goals, the better you become an understanding of how to do my goals. And I think that's one of the most important things around for those people who are new goal setters, is if anything, err on the side of being a little bit conservative around how you're setting up your goals. And then once you've done your goals, then maybe in a few months later you'll do them again, you'll figure out, oh, okay, maybe I was a bit too ambitious that time based on what I've achieved right now. 
Because I suppose the real measure of goals is, do I achieve my goals? And if I'm not achieving my goals, is it because I'm not actually setting myself up for success along the way? And realistically, if you set your goals well, it should demand that you go to a higher level of yourself in the next period of time. So the goals I'm setting for myself right now, I kind of need to be sharp to achieve them. But that's what I kind of desire when I set out to achieve my goals. But also, it needs to be realistic. And if I kind of set these goals that were overly ambitious in all areas of my life, I probably wouldn't achieve them. So, you know, they need to, to kind of stimulate me to be at a higher level, but a level that I can achieve. And then with that understanding of what that level is, can I put that in place? And I think that's something you want to think about as you sit down to do your goals is, okay, well, you know, it's one thing to say I want to do a marathon, but if I haven't ran ever, well, it's probably not going to happen. So what's a realistic set of goals that are going to help me through this time? And also, how do I get better at improving my goal process? So I become someone who kind of hits about 80% of my goals. Now, I don't know if everyone hits every goal all the time, but realistically, if you're going to sit down and write out a goal process, ideally you do want to kind of get around 80% of those goals achieved. And if you're not, maybe it's your process that's letting you down. So it's just something to think about. I have actually done a podcast years ago on my thoughts on goal setting. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, wait, let me have a look here. I'm going to pull up iTunes. I'm not sure which episode it is, but it was quite early on in the piece. So if you want to check that out, go back to some of the early episodes and you'll see that there. Um, I'm going to get into today's show in a second, but before I do, I just want to thank a few of the patrons of the show. Once again, the patrons of the show are the people who really keep the show going. And to be honest, the idea of me doing a weekly show really comes down to the fact that these people have contributed to the show and also just... um, you know, been a part of helping financially, helping me do this show better and better over time. So I was going to name a few of the people who are currently patrons of the show. And we've got uh, the Divine Team Divine, Gemma and Glenn Mitchell, or Mitch as we know them. Um, we've got Libby Olin Hilda. We've got Blue Eyes Rebecca Spears. We've got Mordecai the Marvelous. And I'm going to do an apple on his last name because his last name is gold. Here we go. Nikwazi. And then we've also got Bernadette Parry, and it is Soul Caliber, and Matt Akhurst, and that is Forrest Warhol. So those people are all patrons of the show, and they really, they contribute some of their own money towards each show that I put out. If you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesisles.com. It really does help. Seriously, guys, you know, I put a lot of time into the show, and for, you know, to be able to put more time into it does require, you know, a bit of financial support along the way. So if you are a patron, you're a bloody rock star. And if you're not, well, I just got to text me. It was my sister's birthday. <laughs> so I'm just saying thank you. Um, but if you are a patron, just thank you very much. And if you aren't a patron and you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesisles.com. All right, guys, I'm going to get into the main gist of the show. So here's some music and let's get into it. One of the things I love most about the holiday season is the chance to read. Uh, I, I am a reader. I read most nights. Um... It tends to be the thing that puts me to sleep at night. It's my strategy for getting to sleep. I've often talked about this on the show, the whole idea of if I pick up my iPhone, I'm going to stay up really late. If I pick up my Kindle, I'm going to be asleep within 15, you know, under 15 minutes often. Uh, and so while I love reading, I tend to get audiobooks as my main way of consuming content that's about growing myself. And then I read mainly novels at night. 
again, mainly puts me to sleep. So while I read novels, it's, it's often, you know, it's, it's a slow kind of process. And that's what I love about the holiday period, because when I'm on holiday, I can sit down and read, you know, a couple hours every day. And, and, and on holidays, there'll be a mix of fiction and non-fiction, but it's just that real good opportunity to get lost in a book. And it's, I think it's one of the real treats of life is reading a book. Well, over the holidays, I managed to get hold of a book called The Truth. And The Truth is a book that is quite confrontational um, in many ways. It's basically about a guy called Neil Strauss, who um, cheated on his partner, really, at the end of the day. That's what happens. And it's his exploration of his sexual self. And um, I found it a very honest book, um, quite confrontational at times, and uh some good learnings in there as well. I thought I, th- I thought it was a really good book, to be honest. Um, and in that book, there was a section on it where he talked about he basically goes through all these different types of therapies and kind of sexual experiences throughout the book, um, trying to figure out why he would cheat on a partner who he knew deep down was a great partner. I won't go into details of what the conclusion of the book was, but I did think it would come to a really good conclusion at the end, um, and. Because obviously some of you might want to read it, so if you want to read it, it's called The Truth, and you can get that on Amazon. But in the book, there's, you know, through all these different, he seriously tried so many different types of therapies and counselling and um, along his journey of trying to figure this question out. And uh, one of the things that popped up within the book that really made me think was one of the counsellors he was talking to was talking about the basic human needs. Now, to be honest, when these lists of human needs can be, you know, there's many different lists out there. Like I know Anthony Robbins has a list of human needs that he often talks about, and I've got them here. His, his list of human needs are uh, the need for certainty slash comfort. And uh, basically that means that we need to have a sense of certainty in our life and comfort that we're going to be safe. Uh, but at the same time, we need uncertainty. So he feels that we need variety that you know sure we need a level of comfort in life but we also need to be stretching ourselves with variety and and experiencing new things the need for significance is, is what he calls his third need that that feeling that we are having an impact on our world um, both socially and within ourselves um, the fourth need that he talks about is love and connection which are all pretty obvious the fifth need is human growth and then the last need that he talks about is contribution I, I, I like thinking about those needs actually. I think they're really interesting things to think about. Like when you think about your own life and you were to do an assessment on your life right now, where would you say you were with certainty? And I know for myself, when I think about certainty, I think about things like my financial position. How am I doing financially with my my life? Is it do I feel certain that I'm going to be okay, or does it have a lot of insecurity because I'm so unclear of that? Uh, when we think about certainty with the connections and the people in my life, those types of areas there, that those areas where I do want to have comfort and I do want to feel that I have certainty of bonding with people, or I have certainty with maybe my career, I want to have certainty with my financial position and areas like those. Uh, uncertainty, how are you going with that? Uncertainty being, you know, that sense of, you know, like I often think about uncertainty in this way. Like there are moments in my life where everything's ticking along really well, but it's kind of just a repeat pattern day after day. And you can look at your life and say, well, I can look at my life and say, wow, this is, there's not much wrong here, but 
but it's missing a bit of a spark. And that's where uncertainty comes into place. It's it's kind of throwing yourself out a little bit and challenging yourself. And and I know recently as I sit down to do my goals yesterday, I, um, I've set a goal to run a marathon, which I haven't done in a few years. And I've found a race that really excites me. And it's created some uncertainty in my life, some unknown again, which I'm finding really exciting and stimulating. And I think that's what you want. You want variety away from the everyday routine of how you live your life. Significance. How do you feel significant in your world? Is it you're a mother and that you 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 know you play a role that makes you feel significant for your family? Is it that you have a role within your community or your hobby or your local group? It might be your running group or something like that. Do you feel that you have a significance in the people's lives that you have an impact on, you know, just in your friends' lives? Um, maybe it's even bigger. Your role within work gives you a great sense of significance. It's it's an understanding that I want to feel important, special, unique, or needed. And how do we actually achieve that within my life? I think that's a really important one, the significance. Uh, love and connection. Love and connection, you know, let's be honest, it's kind of the oxygen of life, the need for love and connection. How are you doing with that? Are you feeling strong connection and love with those around you? And, and let's be honest, probably within yourself. Growth. Growth is, you know, I think of the times where I feel most alive in life and it often is associated with a period where I've grown. And um, as a, again, as I sat down and did my goals last night, I looked at some of the areas I wanted to grow as a person and um, it excites me. And, uh, you know, I, 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 to be honest, when I, I did some growing last year, but I want to kind of aim for more growth this year and that really does excite me. And then lastly, contribution. And contribution is that kind of, you know, as corny as it may sound, is, is life's not about you, it's about us. And what am I doing that's, you know, not about me? And we can all probably see that we live in very selfish worlds nowadays and, um, you know, to have a sense of that um, my time in this world is having an impact on others' time in this world is, a, is an interesting question to explore. So those needs, those needs that Anthony Robbins talks about, and once again, he, I was just going to recap them here, is that sense of certainty, uncertainty slash variety, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution. And it is an interesting thing to reflect on those areas and kind of think of, you know, I, I think a nice little kind of homework project that you could do is to sit down and actually do some some writing or thinking about how would I rate myself in those different areas right now? You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 me being a rock star and 1 me being absolutely crap at this area, what would I give myself for certainty? What would I give myself for uncertainty? What would I give myself for significance? Love and connection growth and contribution and based on the, the scores that I give myself where would I grow myself moving forward so I improve those scores so if I give myself like if I were to be honest last year growth wise I'd probably say a six you know I grew in some ways but to be honest comfort and uh, certainty I was very comfortable with last year so, you know, as I look to this year and I sit down to do my goals, I want to I want to grow a little bit more. I want to aim for a 7 or an 8. So then if I aim for that higher number, how would that actually come across in my actions? So it's a kind of a fun little project for you to do, and that way you can get some clarity around, okay, well then when I sit down to set some goals, how would I use these needs to fulfill these needs more? 
and and that's what this you know i know some people will be listening to this in the future but this time of year we are in this very reflective time new year's does that to us and so going back to the truth going back to the book of the truth there's another set of needs that one of his counsellors talks about, and I think this is a really interesting one as well, and, and maybe it's a, one of those areas where you could do some homework on yourself, thinking about this whole idea of scale of 1 to 10, and where would I rate myself in these different areas here. And first of all, this, this uh, counsellor talked about six core needs, and the first is emotional, a need to be emotionally stable. When you think about being emotionally stable, what do you think it means for you in your life? For me, this, this really comes down to how do I deal with the emotions of my life? It's interesting, I'm reading a book right now which I'm going to be interviewing the author of in a couple of weeks from now. And, and this book's very much about um, the need to switch off, really. Uh, the need for us to, to switch off at times so we can be healthier and you're going to hear much more about this in the next few weeks when we get this interview on but one of the things that he talks about is you know your emotional intelligence and your ability to you know when you're emotionally tired how do you respond and do you get angry do you snap at your world does it hurt your world because you don't have healthy ways to deal with your emotions and when you think about your emotional needs what emotions do you need in your life you know what emotions do you actually need and that make your life good and then what emotions aren't necessarily, well, not that they're not good, because all emotions are there, but what emotions do I need to work on how I respond to them? So I suppose from, you know, from that example of the book that I'm reading right now, when we think about, you know, my bad emotions, maybe it's my grumpiness or my, my anger or my frustration, how are you dealing with those right now? And what is the cost of how I deal with those right now? Now, you know, to say that I'll never feel frustrated is, is unrealistic. But to think how I deal with frustration and how do I evolve that is a really interesting thing to be working on within yourself. And then what emotional experiences do I want on the positive side? And it's been really interesting as I've, you know, over the last few months I've been able to run. And to be honest, for the last few years, running's been a bit of a burden for me because I've tended to get injured. But since pretty much October, I've ran consistently. And that's why I've kind of set this goal that I can run a marathon. And traditionally, when I do endurance training, I would listen to podcasts. You know, I'd be out there listening right now, out there running, listening to some podcasts. But this year... I've decided I want to listen to more music because A, I'm a musician and B, music's such a great thing in your life. So I've decided that when I train, I'm going to, to listen to music. And music has brought my run, you know, because physical activity is an emotional experience. But incorporating music to it has made my running experience just so much more enjoyable. And I'm training without the need to mentally push myself at a much higher level, just because I'm creating these playlists of songs that I absolutely love. So when I'm out there running, I'm having these emotional experiences that are really stimulating for me. Now, the idea of going for a run isn't a burden because it's a bit of a highlight to go out and have that emotional experience. And as I sat down and run my, wrote down my marathon goals yesterday, when I wrote my action plan, it was to involve the emotional experience of running as much as possible. And, you know, that's positive emotional stuff I want to have in my life. So when you think about your own life, what are some of those positive emotional needs that you that you want to go deeper into? And how do you enhance them even more? 
And then what are some of those emotional sides of myself that deep down, you know, I know I'm going to feel in my life, but I don't want them to have a cost, or I want to find better ways of responding to those emotions so that, you know, they have a more positive influence on my life. The second emotional need that this counsellor talked about is the, the intellectual emotional need. The, the need for you to be to be growing your mind and, and your intellect as a person. And if I'm going to reflect on myself, I think this is an area I can improve on a lot. Like last year I did a course and I, I actually did really well. I'm quite proud of how I did in that course. Um, but it's kind of, admittedly I did rush through it. Um, and... Um, I just think I can do better in this area. And when we think about, again, if we go back to that growth that I talked about earlier in your life, when you are most stimulated in your life often comes from when you're improving your intellect through growing yourself. And so what area of your life would you like to be more intelligent in over the next 12 months of your life? Like if you were to get to the end of this year and you have a greater understanding, greater intellect, in a certain area, which area would that be? And and how would you evolve yourself in that process? So how do you become better at studying? How do you become better at understanding? How do you become better at all of those kind of intellectual tools that you need to become more intelligent? Now, intellect's an interesting thing because it could be a career advancement or it could be just, you know, I have an area that I'm interested in that I want to become more intelligent in. And in this content-rich world that we live in, I think a lot of people are becoming good at knowing a little bit about everything and not much about one thing. And to challenge yourself on that front could be a really healthy thing. The next common, uh, the next need that this counsellor talked about was the physical need. The need to be physical in your life. And, uh, you know, this fitness behaviour, you know, I'm a total believer in this. And uh, again, as I've gone into this experience in my life right now where I can exercise in levels that I like, I just love it. I love moving. Um, and I think, it's funny, I was on the internet, I was, well, I was thinking about this every day, actually. I was uh, One, there was a great article on one of our local news websites, stuff.co.nz, and it was basically about a guy who gave up drinking. And, uh, you know, what I learned from giving up drinking, it's kind of the six lessons I learned. And, you know, his life changed, and he started doing exercise. And it, it's a great kind of story. And, uh and you can see why those stories are appealing because it shows someone who's gone through massive change. And I did think to myself, it's a pity we never see stories of how I stayed in this place for 10 years of my life. And to see someone who's been healthy for 10 years and the before photo is healthy and the after photo is healthy as well. And it's, it's like, how did I do it? You know, what are the lessons you can learn from someone who's just maintained being healthy? But it was really interesting seeing this person in this article talking about how they how the physical side of their life just made their life so much better. And this is a person who hadn't exercised ever, basically, and just how being physical gave them so much more than they could ever see possible. And so when you think about your human needs, and you, if you are someone who's trapped in life where you're not physical, well then, how do you go about improving that so that you do have that in your life? The next need that they talked about is the sexual need. And to be honest, it's not an area that I've really covered on the show before, but I do believe that your sexual self is a really important thing that um, needs to be worked on. And it needs to be worked on in a way that is evolving you in a safe manner. 
And this is a really hard thing to, it's probably not my area of expertise, it's not a thing for me to talk about, but I do fear that a lot of people suppress their sexual side and it becomes this thing about hiding it from my world. And I do I do wonder what's the cost of that. And, and to be honest, if you read uh, the, the truth, he does go into a lot of depth in this stuff and the conclusions he comes to at the end are really, really interesting. And I, I ultimately, I think one of the things is when we think of our sexual self is not to suppress is to you know we need to think about communication with honesty and, and to be real and uh, uh, you know there's lots of sides to this but at the same time is to, to be working on allowing myself to be honest to my world and the people who this this works with um, to evolve in this area so yeah it's just an interesting kind of you know you don't hear sexual often when we think about needs and then lastly the spiritual. And spiritual is a really interesting thing because spiritual you know, doesn't necessarily mean just religion. For some people, it definitely means religion. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not a religious person. I'm, I'm not. I've never been a religious person. I'm, I wasn't brought up with religion around me. Um, so it's just not my way of seeing the world. But in saying that, um, for those people who are religious, you know, to be connected to your spiritual side with religion is a really important thing. Um, and to be connected in the way that you feel is important to you. And maybe not even necessarily the pressures of the, the culture that's around you with your religion. It's being true to what you are. But spiritual doesn't mean just religion. Uh, spiritual is, you know, because again, I'm not religious, but I, I have these spiritual things in my life. Some examples of how to be spiritual you know, without having that label of religion next to it, is, is to kind of think about, be conscious of the effort to love the people around you, you know, to be kind of accept and love people, to make small connections with your higher consciousness every day. You know, for me, that's my meditation. It's me kind of going to a, to a higher place within myself. My music does that to me as well. Um, to do something that you enjoy doing, uh, to do something for others without expecting anything in return, you know, to... to read books that allow you to explore deeper levels of thoughts, to, to connect with yourself, journaling, those types of things, all those things are these little spiritual things that help you connect with yourself to a higher level. And I think that when we think about spirituality, that's a, probably a really good way of thinking about it, is this whole idea of you connecting with yourself to a higher level and an understanding of being aligned with what's important to me. So those are the... Those are, the needs that, you know, in the book, The Truth, that the counsellor talked about, once again, they were your emotional needs. Oh, I didn't talk about social needs. Social needs as well. So there's another one as well. Did I talk about social? No, I don't think I did. I think I missed that. Social needs. So the need for social. Um, I've talked about on this show before in the past how, uh, as a young man, you know, by the time I got to 30, I neglected all my relationships and, and the need to achieve things. And uh, I woke up a really lonely, sad man. And... We need social, and and you know, especially it's interesting when you meet the really ambitious person who neglects social. I actually had an example of this a while ago of a client who came to me. This is very ambitious person who has massive career goals, massive like think of the biggest kind of roles that people can have in, in society and this person's aiming for them and for them it was very much all the energy was into how they need to work harder and put, you know basically they came to me because they were like oh, I'm not working as much and as hard as I possibly can how do I become better at doing this and uh, and it became it was really clear that 
in doing this there was some real neglect in other areas of their life and for example they were single and you could tell deep down that they they wish they had a partner in their life but the kind of life they were setting up would allow no time for being you know to even find a partner to explore to finding a partner um and they would have these slots of time where they would commit to social but really in the everyday life it was very much an afterthought because i need to commit all of my energy towards you know this big ambitious goal that I have towards my career. Well, I challenged this person to actually put social back into their life and it was really powerful to see the flow and effect that it had to include social while trying to move down this path of this massive career goal. And uh, this person ended up finding an amazing partner, like they couldn't be more happier. They, they've committed to those social interactions in a way that's actually made them be more rounded and more whole as a person which has actually helped them achieve more at work. And it's a really interesting thing to think about is the importance of social. And I know, like, just from my own experience, um, I've just been camping. and We go camping over some of our friends, and it's one of the highlights of my year is going camping. And, and the reason is we just hang out with a really great bunch of people who all care and have similar interests and values and, and ethics, and we just have, and I, I, I just love it. Like we laugh, we have shared experiences, and I just go away from that that time with those people. And, and life is good. And social, you need that. You know, when you think about your own social life, how are you doing with that? Are you are you neglecting it in regards to because you're trying to achieve too many things, or or do you sometimes stay home when you know you should probably go out, or are you not committing to friends because you're just a bit slack? It's all of these things to think about. And so, you know, now if we go back to these these needs, um, emotional, social, intellectual, physical, sexual, and spiritual, how are you doing on those areas? And if we go back to this whole idea of, I would sit down right now and just give myself a 1 out of 10, what would I give myself on the emotional? Okay, if I give myself a 7, how do I get to 8? What would I give myself on social? You know, what, what do I need from social? And I suppose maybe one thing to think about was what would be the ultimate place for me in these areas? So if I were to be in my ultimate emotional place, it would be that I'm enhancing the emotions that I really, really love and I'm trying to just feel them to the nth degree. And then on the, and the emotions that I, you know, maybe struggle with a little bit more, I want to, I'm finding healthy ways and wiser ways for me to deal with those emotions in my life social you know am i connecting with people and and the way i am connecting with people is it is it empowering me like again with my camping crew they're great people and they're so easy to have fun with you know they're not people who bring me down they're not people who i don't want to be around they're, they're really great people so it's easy for me to want to move towards those so as you think about your own social am i committing enough time to social in my life am i surrounding myself with the right people are we doing the activities to enhance my life intellectual what would i give myself as a number am i growing myself with my intelligence it's funny i saw this really amazing youtube clip that was an ad for the university of sydney i think it was had this cool song that i really love and um it was basically showing this african kid from i'm not sure which country some worn torn country who went to sydney and he couldn't even read and he was maybe 13 and you know he went on to become a lawyer and all the rest of it and it was just one of those moments where you you know Often with our intellect, we have these barriers that we put in front of ourselves. Oh, I'm not a good speller, or oh, I'm, I'm not good at this. Or, and, and this guy 
couldn't read at like 15. And he went on to become this really, obviously, influential lawyer. Intellect is something we can grow. And so, you know, when you think about your intellect, it's like, how do I grow it? And, and am I doing enough to stimulate my intellect? My physical, what broken myself out of 10 there? How do I grow that moving forward? My sexual, what do I need to do to improve that side of myself in a way that is good and healthy for my world? And my spiritual, how can I become more realigned and, and go deeper into these things? Now, some of you, as you listen to this right now, probably think, far out, I need a lot of work to do. And that's why doing that homework of sitting down, thinking about these things, and then writing out a plan. And again, if I give myself a 5 out of 10, I'm not aiming for a 10 out of 10. I might see that the 10 out of 10 would be here, but actually I'm just going to work on what it takes to get to 6. And I might set some goals. Okay, over the next period of time, with emotional, when I get frustrated, I'm going to practice stepping away from the situation, writing down some thoughts, and ringing a friend who I know I can offload to. And that's a really healthy thing to be working on. And if you were to do that on all these different areas, what do you think the outcome of your life would be on your life? Now, this work only works if you do the work. It's really important to reinforce that, because I think, you know, at the beginning of the year, New Year's, you know, what, we're, we're two weeks into the New Year's now, and, you know, first, if, you know, what happens if you read websites, you know, news websites over this period of time, it's leading into New Year's, it's what are going to be New Year's resolutions, what are the most typical New Year's resolutions, and about now, two or three weeks later, it becomes, why do New Year's resolutions fail? And I think, you know, it's basically because in that moment where we stop, we have time to kind of just stop and reflect and we think about what we want to achieve. But then when we get back to everyday life, we don't do the work that it takes to create the change. And if you've thought about, you know, these different needs that I've talked about, both Anthony Robbins and the ones from the book The Truth Today, and you've thought about how you want to evolve yourself this year, and then how can you stay consistent in that higher level evolution of yourself, it's not going to happen just by thought. It's going to happen by work. And if you want to create that change, you need to do the work. But if you do the work, that change will happen. And if you get to that place, you're going to experience that better vision of yourself. Right, team, that's uh, this Fortnite's episode. <laughs> I always struggle with Fortnite. Oh, I wish I, you'd think I'd learn. Hey, Fortnite, you just don't say Fortnite much in life, do you? You know, not, not in that kind of context. So I should just say this week's show because it's still done this week, but yeah, I'll get there eventually. When I get to the weekly show, so if, if I get a few more patrons, I can make this a weekly show and then I won't have the issue of the Fortnite. And, and that will save me a lot of burden in my life, team. So become a patron. <laughs> you know, the sooner I can get better, maybe I should set a target if I can get so many. Yeah, so many patrons, maybe I'll do a weekly show. But anyway, hopefully you got lots out of that. There's Again, I think the most important thing to take away from that is, are you going to work on yourself this year? I know there's kind of lots of, some context to think around how I'm trying to grow myself there. And, and there's different need sets, so some really good things to think about. And I know as I sat down and did my goals last night, I, I did really think about this kind of, you know, trying to get that whole balance right, that balance of those fulfilling the different needs within myself. And if I look back to when I was a younger man, sometimes the goals are all focused on just one couple areas that actually neglected those other needs. And, you know, to think about 
the whole approach of what's going to make a healthy me. And when I say healthy me, it's a healthy whole, the whole me. And that's why when you think about the the emotional, the social, the the um, the intellectual, the physical, the sexual, and spiritual. You know, when you think about that whole self, if I evolve that, it's you know what kind of life will you lead in that place and I think that's a really interesting thing to explore so good luck with that and uh, if, you, if you have any thoughts on this let me know send me an email bevanjames at gmail.com and I did get an email this week or this fortnight or this month whenever I got it I actually got it two days ago so there you go um, from Jar- Jarvis Gugu and Jarvis I'm pretty sure it's how you say your name let me have a look Jarvis Gugu. Yep, Gugu. There you go. <laughs> when I can't say people's names, I use the Apple, the reader on Apple, and it helps me do that. So Jarvis is this man I've, I've actually known through social media for quite a few years. He's a very big supporter of my work. Uh, he is a man who is in the Les Mills world. He's a Les Mills instructor. I actually got to meet him when I was in Sweden, which is really cool. He's quite a passionate soul, which I love. He's a very passionate man about group fitness, but... When I got to dig a little bit deeper, I got to have some cool conversations with Jarvis in Sweden, and it sounds like he's a very, very important man within his community. He does a lot of work for the uh, the Aboriginal people, I think it's in Canada is where he's based, um, and just, yeah, he just does some really, really important work, and he's one of those people who... Um, I got the impression, I saw one of his Facebook posts and it was quite complimentary of me and um, I saw one of his posts where people said, Jarvis, you're kind of like that guy, because I didn't know who I was, you're like that guy in our world, you're, you're the guy who's having this big impact on our world and you know, in group fitness, one of the rewards of group fitness is we kind of just, if you get on stage, you get to have an impact on people's world, but Jarvis seems to be a kind of person who... He's, he's, I think he's a lawyer, so he's a very intelligent man um, who has made some real conscious choices around having a great impact on the world around him. Um, and, you know, I'm sure as Jarvis is listening to this, he can, you should, you should be really proud of the work you're doing because, it's, you know, Group Fits is really cool, but actually the work you're doing is really important in all areas. And, and I only know this from talking to you for a few minutes, but it was pretty clear that this I was speaking to a man who had his heart in the right place and was doing work that was impacting his world in really powerful ways but he listened to my interview that I did with um, McChai oh, now how do you say his last name I always get this one here we, go. I'm gonna do the, here we go I'm cheating again I'm going to do the apple on this one Haley. yeah that's crap apple I think it was Mihai Chick Simihai I'm pretty sure that's how you said his name. And uh, I wrote a piece about it. And, the, the, you know, you guys listened to that interview and you see me what I was talking about that, about how I don't know if it was the best interview I ever did or if it was the worst interview I ever did. And that Mihaly was, um, Mihai was, it was like talking to me, granddad. And he just basically wrote to me, said, Happy New Year, I just wanted to write to you, respond to the article months ago, but I rewritten it, reread it a couple of times and found it fascinating and very true. I can also relate to this and many of my own ways. In summer of 1999, still in high school, I had a summer job where I was to interview veterans and or their living family members. Mainly, I was to collect information on date of birth, time served and close family life. The interview process was to be pretty short and right to the point. I ended up taking talking with some veterans and their families for hours on end various topics. Not just their times in the wars and friendships made with those other cultures, but afterwards, life back in post-war, family life, working outside of the military, etc. 
and they shared their wisdom with me. It was a great eye-opening experience and it most certainly sounds like you also had the same situation with your interview. I think we may have learnt a lot more about life and wisdom from a non-formal part of our interviews. In my people's native culture, now he's, he's got it here, and I think it's Megamore, um, again, let's do an apple on this one, here we go, <laughs> you guys know reading's not my strong point, let's go, Megamore, uh, elders are highly regarded and respected, as they have lived a long time, have seen and learned much, and can pass this on to the new, new generation Oftentimes, even with my day job, they are invited to serve meetings and events to give opening prayers and words of wisdom. Often they are engaged in many decisions as we respect their thoughts. My home community even has an elders council and I'm sure other communities that they also serve in have them as well. So thanks for sharing that piece. It truly resonates with me. You know what? I think there's a real value in this. And I think, I think maybe this is one thing is how do we teach our kids the value of wisdom from the older people in our life. And um, maybe, I'm not sure if I have the answer to that question, but maybe it's something that you want to think about in, in your life. Is A, is what is my attitude to those older people in my life? And I kind of talked about that when I did the interview with McHaley. But at the same time, you know, how do I teach my kids to look at these people in a light that allows them to see what they can offer? Because I know for Jarvis and myself, that those people, you know, tickled something in, in us and made us understand that we were a little bit more because they've been there, they've done it. And although, you know, technology, there's an evolution in technology, human needs are pretty similar. And, uh, you know, someone who's been on the path that we've been on already can, can often help us guide ourselves down our paths in a much safer, wiser way. So just some stuff to think about there. Once again, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Um, I really do appreciate all the patrons, and you guys know who you are. You really do make a difference to the show. I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks from now. I've got an interview lined up, and I'm pretty excited about this interview. Um, in a fortnight from now, not a week from now, not a month. A fortnight from now. You guys have a wonderful couple of weeks and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. If you want to go any questions, send them through to bevanjames at gmail.com. Check out my website for my writing and uh, yeah, we'll see you real soon.